0: A wonderful song. We were able to enjoy wonderful words, singing of our Lord, beckoning us to come. His perfect love, His perfect love. Well, good afternoon, and welcome again to our Christmas Eve service. Just want to give a few words of encouragement to you this evening before we dismiss, as part of their reading, the youth read Luke 2, 8 through 20. And if you were here on Sunday, you know that I preached to uh, Luke 2, 8 through 1 through 7 on Sunday, but 2, 8 through 20 is the account of the angels appearing to the shepherds as they were watching over their flocks. According to Luke's report, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The text records their response, does it not? They were terribly afraid. They were terrified. No doubt they feared the presence of this angel and the appearance of the glory of the Lord. Who can blame them, right? Who can blame them? This is the response of anyone, of anyone who encounters the divine. Even angels seem to invoke fear at the sight of them. And certainly any contact with the holiness of God brings great fear. We have many examples of this in Scripture. I'll bring one of those to you this evening. I'm going to bring two, but I think it'll suffice to give you one. In Judges 13, Samson's parents had an encounter with the holiness of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to Samson's mother to announce that she would give birth to Samson and that he was to be a Nazarite to God from the womb. This baby would grow and ultimately deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. The angel of the Lord also appeared to Samson's father, Manoah, along with his wife. Now, During their interaction, Manoah offered food to the angel of the Lord. And he responded and said, I will not eat your food, but if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. Then Manoah asked his name, and he replied, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is incomprehensible? Clearly this encounter was something completely different and something completely unexpected for Manoah and his wife. So after receiving the offering from Manoah, the text states that he, the angel of the Lord, performed wonders while Manoah and his wife looked on. And then it says in verse 20, this is Judges thirteen twenty. For it came about when the flame went up from the altar toward heaven that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. And when Manoah and his wife saw this, They fell on their faces to the ground. Now the angel of the Lord did not appear to Manoah or his wife again, and Manoah then knew that he was the angel of the Lord. So Manoah said to his wife, and listen to this. Again, we're talking about an encounter with the holiness of God. He says this, We will surely die, for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord had desired to kill us, he would not have accepted our burnt offering and grain offering from our hands. Nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have let us hear things like this at this time. It's clear, then, that the angel of the Lord was none other than the pre-incarnate Christ. Manoah knew that he had seen God, and he feared that he would surely die because he had come in contact with the holiness of God. Now, we should know that fear has been our response to the divine since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, right? When the man and woman, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, they did what? They hid themselves from His presence. Because they were afraid. They were afraid. You see, our reaction to the holiness of God is always fear. Returning to the shepherds who were minding their business, watching their flocks. You see, they were greatly afraid when this angel appeared. And Mind you, it was an angel that appeared to them. Not the Lord. Therefore, this angel couldn't have been the pre-incarnate Christ like appeared to Manoah. But even still, even still, even still, how did they respond? In great fear. In great fear. This was most likely the angel Gabriel who had come to announce Jesus' birth. But I want to... Just take a few moments to focus on this birth announcement. In Luke 2.10, we read it earlier, it says, But the angel said to them, So they're afraid, this angel is there, has appeared to them, and they're very afraid, and the angel says, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now I want to take a few moments to unpack the significance of these two verses. As I have shown you, fear is the normal and appropriate response when people come in contact with the holiness of God. You see, the shepherd's response was not out of the ordinary. They had reason to be afraid. And you know why they had reason to be afraid? The same reason you would be afraid. You see, they were a sinful people in the presence of the divine. But the angel's response the angel's response is the amazing part, right? He said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. And then he gives the news of the birth of the Messiah. Now I, I should mention, I should mention the significance of this birth announcement to shepherds. We mentioned it earlier. Phil read it in the Spurgeon quote or the Spurgeon passage. He mentioned the, the fact that Christ came to be in a manger. The one who belongs on a throne came to be in a manger. Well, he also, this angel also announced the birth to shepherds who were, might I remind you, ceremonially. Unclean. They were were ceremonially unclean due to their work tending sheep. They could not have been more opposite from the spiritual elites who were just a few miles away in Jerusalem. They couldn't have been more opposite. And yet, the angel came to proclaim the birth of the King, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, their Messiah to them. Now, it's the content of that message which should get our focus. You see, the the angel proclaims that great fear should be replaced by what? By great joy. By by great joy. The angels bring good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. You see, this is the, the good news. The victory proclamation that the Savior had been born in Bethlehem, the city of David, the long-awaited Messiah had come, the seed who would crush the head of the serpent. We, We read it in Numbers 24 that this wicked Balaam prophesied that there would be one who would crush the head of Moab. It's the same idea as the seed coming to crush the head of the serpent. Prophecy of the coming Messiah. the Savior they had longed for had arrived, the Savior of the world. The Apostle John proclaims this in 1 John 4.14. He says, We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be what? To be the Savior of the world. Now here's the upshot of all of this. This is the true meaning of Christmas. This is what we as Christians should be celebrating and proclaiming. Jesus came as a baby to be the Savior. He came as a young babe in a manger to save us from our sins. You see, our sinfulness and our fear of the divine are clearly linked, are they not? Clearly linked. You see, the reason that the angel told the shepherds not to fear but to have joy is because God had made provision for our sin you see our sin will be atoned for and we have no longer any reason for fear from bethlehem jesus and his parents would go back to nazareth and he would grow into a man and the grace of god was upon him according to luke as a man, he lived a life free from sin, in full submission to the Father. He would ultimately go to the cross where he, could, where he would pay for the sins of the world. Again, in the, the words of the Apostle John, he says, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but those of the whole world. Now, that word propitiation, it's a big word but it just simply means satisfaction. By going to the cross, He satisfied the Father's wrath toward sin. He paid for our sin. Paul says that through the blood of the cross, we've been redeemed and forgiven our sins. Now, based on this, you may be asking the question, will everyone be saved? If He paid for the sins of the whole world, will everyone be saved? The answer is no. The the only ones who will be saved will be those who believe. Only those who believe the report of the angel, Gabriel. Only those who believe that Jesus went to the cross to die for their sins, will come to know Him and be saved. Only those who confess with their mouths Jesus as Lord and believe in their heart that God raised Him from the dead will be saved. Again, the Apostle John sums this up simply in 1 John four fifteen. He says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and he in God. You see God shows his perfect love toward those who believe in his son, the Lord Jesus. And in the words of John, 1 John 4:16, he says this, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Now, we should make a connection back to that birth announcement made by the angel. The angel told the shepherds not to fear. The ultimate reason for this, the ultimate reason that they are not to fear is that God has shown His perfect love by sending His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not, shall not perish but have eternal life. Of course, that's John 3.16, is it not? John puts it this way back in 1 John 4. Verse 17, he says, By this love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. And then he says this, verse 18, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. Now, let me give you a couple of implications of this message. First, if if you have not believed, if you have not believed and confessed that Jesus is the Son of God and the resurrected Lord, you face judgment. You face the day of judgment and you have every reason to fear. You have every reason to fear judgment. If you're in this position, you have every reason to fear even life. You see, you can't be assured of anything. And you certainly have every reason to fear death and judgment. You see, if you're in that position... If you're in the position of not knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior, great tragedy could come upon you today. Great tragedy could, tragedy could befall you today. You could die and you could go and you will face the judgment of a holy God. You have every reason. Every reason to fear. And if you assess our world honestly today, what do you see? What do you see that drives most people? Fear. Fear. And I would argue that it's the same fear that was shown by Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, I'll put it this way. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, Let your fear be a witness to you. Your fear is telling you something. Your fear is telling you that you need to be made right with a holy God. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Call upon Him today. Second implication. If you have believed in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you should realize that perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. As Christians, we, you, can live triumphantly. Your Lord and Savior has conquered sin and death. You don't have to fear those things anymore. You don't have to fret worldly matters, but realize that perfect love casts out all your fear. As Christians as Christians we must live this message of hope. As Christians as we approach Christmas day tomorrow as we as we celebrate this time of Christmas as we celebrate the Lord Jesus come as a babe in the manger we must take the opportunity to proclaim this message of hope. We should also Lovingly help our brothers and sisters in Christ see all that Christ has accomplished. Right, See that we can live in triumph. This takes us back to Luke 2. The angels went on to proclaim to the shepherds, This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased." They began to praise God, bringing him glory and after the angels had departed, the shepherds went to Bethlehem to see the child, and they told the story of their- encounter with the angels to to Mary and Joseph, and the text says that after they had returned, presumably to their jobs, tending sheep, can you imagine that? You have this proclamation that they they were able to go make, and now they went back and they're doing their original job? But something's different. Something's different. It says they were glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. You see, their great fear had been replaced by great joy, the result of God's perfect love and sending His Son to be with us. Beloved, as we finish out this year, as difficult as it has been for many of us, if not all of us, 2,000 years ago, The angel appeared, thereabouts that is, the angel appeared to these shepherds, and the angel said, do not be afraid. It's the same message today, It's the same message today. We don't have to be afraid, because our God has loved us and has sent us a Savior, sent us a Savior. We can trust Him. We can trust that He will finish what He started. He will. You can trust that. Heavenly Father, we thank You this evening for this wonderful news, the good news of Christ. The good news that this babe in the manger grew and went to the cross to die for our sins, to redeem us, redeem a people for his own possess for your own possession. Father, that we might serve you. May we go from this place, may we go this evening. May we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Father, I pray for each and every person here. I pray for those who don't know You. I pray that they would have heard and that You would use this message in their heart so that they may turn to You. Lord, I pray for those who do know You, that You would cause them to live triumphantly before You, serving You, pleasing You, loving You. We thank you and praise you this evening in Christ's name. Amen.